Hello everyone, this is Sean Fit 50. Welcome to the show where we talk about feeling better, looking better, living longer and stronger, the health and sexy show. Again, this is our fifth episode. This is a show meant for health conscious men and women of all ages. It's meant for men and women of all ages who wish to learn more about their health and take control of their health. It's for people who suffer from chronic diseases. And it's also for people who wish to help their family members or others who suffer from chronic disease. And why? Why? Because the health woes in the United States are no joke, ladies and gentlemen. We have a population of over 331 million people. And um, we're getting sicker and sicker each year despite spending massive amounts of money. We have our 2020 census coming out soon. And just imagine being one of the first people to get your hands on some of the health data and finding out that over 40% of our population suffers from um, chronic disease and takes medicine for it. This doesn't include the ones who don't know about it, just the ones who do know and are taking medicine for it, over 40% or 130 million people. And over half of those people suffer from more than one chronic disease. Imagine finding out that 50% of Americans or about 50% of Americans are overweight or obese. This is about 160 million people, ladies and gentlemen, a lot of people. Imagine finding out that approximately 12% of our population smokes despite all of the ads and campaigns against it. There are still 40 million Americans who smoke. Again, like I said, we spend a lot of money on our health care, over $2.5 trillion per year, and only increasing 80% or, or more of that money is being spent on caring for people with chronic disease. We spend the highest per capita or per person in health care in the world, yet we don't have the number one outcomes in the world. Um, we want to be better. We want to be better than, than this, y'all. We don't have to succumb to chronic disease. We don't have to be sick. We don't have to grow old and painfully. We can grow old gracefully. You know, we need to pursue health and wellness, that state of being free of disease, you know, and getting there through our deliberate efforts and actively pursuing our good health through lifestyle choices. You know, I've mentioned treating our health care, our health and wellness like and investment. More and more people are starting to invest in their health. And um, based on the data, about $4.2 trillion is spent globally in the market for wellness. You know, the most being spent on personal, personal care, beauty, and anti-aging, along with healthy eating, nutrition, and weight loss. That's right. We're investing our money in looking better, feeling better, living longer, and living stronger. Um, so why else should we be spending our own money on our health? Um, to make the story simple, you know, bad health costs us money, y'all. It costs us not just money, but it also costs us years of our lives. It makes our pocketbooks thinner and our longevity less. You know, the effects it has on our pocketbooks, you know, it's through higher insurance premiums. The higher risk you are medically, the more money you will pay in health insurance, health insurance premiums and the less take-home pay you will have. 
the poorer your health, the more often you will find yourself in a doctor's office or hospital, hospitalized. You're going to spend more money on medical bills. You're going to lose time from work. All of this takes money out of your pocket, reduces your years of productive and active life, and it also increases your risk of bankruptcy, believe it or not. One of the most common causes for bankruptcy in the United States is due to health problems. And most people who declare bankruptcy from health problems also have health insurance. So health insurance alone may not be enough. So we need to be active. We need to be proactive in our efforts to stay healthy and to prevent illness. We talked about our wellness plans before. We talked about treating our health like our, our investment portfolios. Um, planning, planning, planning is very important. I mentioned I'm an Army veteran. I'm a military veteran, veteran, and a lot of people look at military people and say, hey, those guys are very disciplined. They can get up early in the morning and work all day. But it's more to that military mystique, and, and a lot of people don't know about it. Um, well, you know, like um, recruiters and executive you know, search teams, things like that know about it. But military veterans, especially those who have reached high ranks, are very adept at planning, and not just planning, but also the follow-through and execution of that plan. I was an officer in the United States Army, and uh, I was a senior and non-commissioned officer as well, and everything I did hinged upon planning. So I was involved initially as a planner for a large field hospital. So not only did I have to run the laboratory, not only was I in charge of a large number of personnel, but I was also in charge of planning the deployment of our hospital, not just the laboratory, but the entire hospital. I was responsible for planning the training for all of the people who would comprise that hospital. And then I was, in the end, part of the team responsible for the implementation of the training, of the setup and operation of our field hospital, which um, housed more than 700 soldiers who were responsible for healthcare on the battlefield. As an officer, as a physician assistant, I became responsible for health care, for medical planning in combat zones. I planned for operations in Iraq. I planned and conducted medical operations in Afghanistan. So um, I've done nothing but plan, 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 and then execute those plans. We have to be planners when it comes to our health, when it comes to our wellness, and when it comes to preventing um, development of disease and should we succumb and eventually develop disease, it is about planning to prevent any preventable complication. That health and wellness plan, as I mentioned before, is our preemptive, preemptive strike. Our therapeutic lifestyle changes are um, the actions we take when disease has been identified and like I said, disease can be reversed um, even with a little bit later investment. You know, um, weight loss, being more active can cure diabetes. It can potentially cure high blood pressure along with high cholesterol. Some chronic diseases can't be cured, but the one, there are ones that can. 
um, with the appropriate lifestyle changes. And for the ones that can't be cured, the quality and quantity of life still can be improved. Um, I remember I was in the gym one time and I, I work out. I'm a, I'm a gym rat. I have to admit that. I guess you probably can figure it out. But um, doing my workout, I had a young gentleman approach me and was like, hey, doc, um, it's great to see you. Do you remember me? And I'm looking at the guy. You know, I wasn't a doctor. I, as I mentioned, I was a physician assistant. But this was, was when I was in the Army. And anyone in the medical field in the Army is referred to as doc. You know, our medics were called doc. Our nurses were called docs. Our physician assistants were called doc. And um, the doctors were called doc, you know. As long as you were able to take care of a soldier in a medical capacity, they referred to you as doc, and that's a very affectionate word. And, and it's used with a great deal of affection because uh, they respect you when they call you doc because you have taken care of them and they trust you to be that person to take care of them. But either way, the, the gentleman realized I was, <laughs> I was struggling to figure out who he was because you know by then I had been doing this for a while, and I started out in primary and emergency medicine, so I was seeing dozens of patients per day, so I only remember the the absolute worst of the worst patients and some of those who really touched me, and unfortunately for this fellow, he fit in neither of those, you know, neat little categories, so he recognized I was struggling to figure out who he was, so um, he decided to kind of chime in and give me some clues, you know, so yeah, um, I came to the clinic one day and you took care of me and you, you really treated me well and you did a whole lot of things that everyone else you know kind of refused to do and he goes on into this story and I slowly start to remember who he is and then before you knew it it was just like I was there during our first encounter and this young gentleman he was a African-American male I like to use the word black he was a black male he was overweight and his main com his main complaint was problems with shortness of breath especially with exercise and, you know, and not uncommon in the military to get short of breath with exercise. And um, a lot of times in the healthcare field in the military, we're trying to sort out who's telling the truth and who's trying to get out of that exercise. So sometimes people get blown off, unfortunately, who have, you know, significant and true complaints because of um, people thinking there's some aspect aspect of second secondary gain there so I learned my lessons from other people's uh, mistakes and I really didn't buy into hope the whole secondary gain I always treated patients as if their complaints were true until proven otherwise so I discussed the with the patient you know what the likely diagnoses or the potential diagnoses were I did a full examination and I sent them for some testing I said well We'll see what the testing shows, and um, we'll go from there. And what I had sent them off for was a breathing test, which no one had performed on this young fellow because the assumption was that he was, you know, overweight soldier who was looking to get out of exercise and training. Um, not only was his breathing a concern, but we did a full battery of vital signs and lab tests, and his blood pressure was quite elevated as well. And at the time, I remember telling him, you know, you need to lose weight that's going to go a long way in helping you feel better as far as your shortness of breath and also potentially cure your um, high blood pressure. So his testing for his breathing did come back and show that he was an asthmatic. Uh, you know, like I mentioned, there are 
a lot of diseases in the in the military that you may not be aware of unless you were in there, especially in the medical field, that go undetected and are found while that person is in the military. So I prescribed him inhalers. He had been prescribed blood pressure medicines, and I had followed up with him for a period of time until eventually, um, as the military does, they send you somewhere else. They send him somewhere else. They'll send me somewhere else, and we won't see each other for a period of time unless by chance, and this chance did come upon us. So going back to the, 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 the young gentleman, he was beyond elated to see me, ladies and gentlemen. When I meant happy, he was very happy. He was, you know, skinning and grinning ear to ear. And I looked at him as I was in, in the back of my mind remembering our encounters, and he was a totally different person. He was in excellent shape. He was in the gym. Um, as you do get in better shape, you know, you, you'll notice the, the less and less clothes you will wear in the gym. And this guy had a tank top on and some shorts, and he was showing um, the results of his hard work. And he said, thank you so much. You know, he was very thankful for the attention I had paid him and doing things for him that everyone else had refused to do by taking his complaints seriously and um, actually doing the work to find out what was going wrong and to give him some advice to how uh, how to reverse that. And he was, you know, pleased to report that he was no longer taking his blood pressure medicine, that his blood pressure was under good control now. And the same was true with his inhalers. He rarely, if ever, had to use his inhalers anymore. So he was very pleased. I was very pleased to get that update, especially an update of a good outcome like this. So um, chronic diseases, some of them, you know, can be reversed, like I mentioned, with that active pursuit, that health and wellness plan. And even if you are later diagnosed with that adhering to those therapeutic lifestyle changes can get you where you want to be, which is free of disease or at least on the way to living a longer and healthier life. So it was very, very fortunate meeting. And that wasn't the only time I can, you know, I can't count the amount of times that I've been approached by people I've taken care of in the past who've been very thankful and very pleased with their health outcomes once they find out what problems they have and what they can do about it and, and have someone that guides them through that process. So, um, again, diet and weight loss, that's the first, or that's the stop one in either of those plans, either your health and wellness plan, um, if you're being preemptive, or those therapeutic lifestyle changes if you've been diagnosed um, with a chronic disease. Like I mentioned before, the word diet, I, I hate the word diet. It has so many restrictive connotations. People automatically become defensive when the word diet comes out. And they um, usually have had an attempt at dieting before, and, and that usually has resulted in failure. And, and so, so many bad and negative connotations come up with the word diet. And people think of a diet as a short-term solution but it's not you know it, it's, it has to be a long-term lifestyle change and I like to refer to it as healthy eating you know healthy eating eating smart eating clean um, and understanding that you don't have to eat clean and absolutely healthy every day but you do need to do it most of the time until the paradigm switches you know you initially may enjoy the calorie dense foods the real starchy gravy um, heavy foods, and as you eat less and less of that and start to eat healthier, cleaner foods, 
you will realize your taste will change. You know, you will no longer crave those calorie dense, rich foods that are, you know, more prone to cause you to be overweight or make it difficult for you to maintain a healthy weight. And you you crave more and more of the healthier foods and, and you feel bad if you eat any of those foods that you used to eat after a period of time. You have a whole paradigm shift, a whole change in the way that you look at eating and living and, and, and feeling good about yourself. And you don't want to go back to feeling bad. Um, the three hacks I mentioned already to kind of get you started, to give you that quick jump start with your healthy eating, you know, um, drinking a couple of glasses of water before each meal, eating a salad or a piece of fruit um, before each meal, as well as reducing those carbs, starting with, you know, bread and rice, easy starting points, and then, you know, getting more in, into depth is with the um, your healthy eating plan. Um, those are the quick hacks. You have to get into more advanced healthy eating and um, weight loss planning as well, and that starts with knowing where you're starting, knowing your baseline, and getting those measurements and calculations. You know, you call them anthropometrics, so those body circumference measurements and, you know, height, stuff like that, you know. You want to know your height, weight, and blood pressure. You want to know those circumferences, such as your neck circumference, your arm, your waist, your hips, your thigh, your calf circumference. Not only you can, can you use those for calculations for things such as body fat, but they're also used to measure your progress because the weight doesn't always tell the tale, ladies and gentlemen. A lot of times you'll have a body transformation and your weight won't change that much. Um, it's your body proportions that change. So you need to, if you're losing inches um, due to fat loss and your weight hasn't changed a whole lot, um, again, that, that body fat percentage going down is very significant regardless and, and the way you look and your appearance is very significant regardless and that loss of fat will have um, ramifications in lowering your blood pressure, lowering your um, blood cholesterol, lowering your um, blood sugar levels and improving those and potentially curing those chronic diseases that you may suffer from or may be prone to suffer from. Um, you want to measure your body mass index. This is a calculation derived from your height and weight. And this gives you an idea of um, if you are, you know, normal weight, underweight, um, obese, uh, morbidly obese. gives you a good starting point. It's not perfect, but it's a starting point. And um, as I mentioned before, the body fat percentage is, is a better calculator of your, your um, body composition. Also, you want to know your basal metabolic rate, known as the BMR. This is the amount of calories that you need on a daily basis to survive based on your sex, your age, your height, and weight. And this number is important because in order to lose weight, you want to do two things. You want to um, burn more calories than you, know, than you take in, and you want to eat fewer calories than are required. So you want to be in a caloric deficit to lose weight, and they're safe caloric deficits to be in, you know, around, you know, 1,000 to 2,000 calorie deficit, depending on how big you are, is probably maximum. Um, you hear about very low-calorie diets where people consume only 500 calories a day. I'm not a, a believer in those because those are very, very hard, if not impossible, to adhere to for any prolonged period of time. Um, 
So that basal metabolic rate helps you to calculate your daily caloric goal or how many calories you want uh, to consume each day to get to your goal as far as your weight is, is concerned. Um, in order to get there, in order to start tracking those calories, we need to start keeping food diaries. This tracks the calories in our food. This is our roadmap. Imagine trying to drive from your home to some place you never heard of that's 1,500 miles away and not using a map or GPS to get there. Now, how long will, do you expect it will take to complete this drive? You know, one thing we know is going to take you a whole lot longer without that map, without that GPS than it would with it. So we need to look at our food diary, our daily calorie counts as our roadmap. It's going to help us get off in the right direction and stay on the right path when it comes to our goals to to lose weight, to consume an appropriate amount of calories from healthy food sources. So key thing to remember, though, with these food um, diaries, you can use apps, you can use paper and pad, you can buy a, a, a cool notebook with a design on the outside, regardless of which type of food diary and, and calorie counting method you use, you need to document everything. This is the biggest problem I see when people are using food diaries or apps with diet logs in them is that they fail to document everything. So you need to document every bit of food you eat, including snacks, including a piece of candy, including chewing gum. If that has, you know, you need to find out how many calories are in chewing gum. You need to include everything in there so you have a true idea of your total calories. And that will help you find ways to reduce that number. You need to track everything you drink as well. You know, water has zero calories. Coffee has next to zero calories as long as you don't sweeten it. Just plain black coffee probably has about four calories per cup. So, but you still want to document everything that you drink as well. Everything you eat, everything you drink, anything that goes into your mouth that's considered food or drink needs to be documented. So, Let's move on to our healthy person. Damn, she's healthy. And I chose this person because a lot of people say um, that my wife looks like her. But this is Hallie Maria Berry, who was born, believe it or not, Maria Hallie Berry. Changed her name at five, so I guess that had to be her mom's idea. I don't think that was her idea to change her name at five. and But it was a good idea that that name was switched around because Hallie Berry sounds a whole lot more than like a star's name than Maria Berry. Well, you know, Hallie, she's a 53-year-old Academy Award-winning actress that still doesn't disappoint us. She is, very, she is very beautiful, and she has only grown more beautiful over the years. She said one thing she notices as you get older, the less makeup she puts on, the more beautiful she looks. So that tells you everything you need to know about Halle Berry. She's look, getting older and looking better. She had a few chi few children as well, two kids, and I think both of those were after 40. So she mentioned some, something about geriatric pregnancy, which I thought was quite funny. I'm not sure how old a woman has to be when she's pregnant to be considered geriatric, but it's definitely at least 40 years old or more. Um, a quote from the, the wonderful and beautiful and very healthy Miss Berry, the first step is clearly defining what it is you're after because without knowing that, you'll never get it. So remember, before you start anything, 
begin with the goal in mind, you know, begin with the goal in mind and formulate your plan. Um, you'll never get there wandering around aimlessly. So remember that roadmap, you know, and that GPS. You want to treat your health in the same way. You don't want to just randomly do things and expect a great outcome. You develop your plan. You develop goals. You develop a roadmap to get there. And your likelihood of success is a whole lot, a whole lot higher. Um, again, this is Sean Fit 50. Remember, you know, being sexy ain't easy. So if it was, everyone would be sexy. We're definitely on our way. Thank you for tuning in. Goodbye.